Happy Resurrection Day, and welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his life-changing series entitled Out of the Grave. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Now, if the media department, get from me Luke chapter 24. It just jumped in my spirit. It's appropriate. It fits. Luke chapter 24 in the New King James Version. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, and it really fits what we're going to minister and close out out of the grave with today. It's not in your notes. You can certainly follow along in the Version Bible app or on the Linked Up Church app as well. All of the notes are right there. But I want to read Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 6, out of the New King James Version. I believe it fits, it's appropriate. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, two men by them stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, the two men who were angels, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Folks, if he didn't get up from that grave, then everything we're doing is in vain. And so how does that fit what we're ministering on? Because it's time for us to start looking for the, looking for the living among the dead. How I many know you're never going to find life in dead places? Because it, it'll never be there. It's time for us to stop wandering around the cemetery of sin and sickness and failure and step into this resurrection life that he has afforded all of us to live. Truly, it's time for us to stop looking for the living among the dead. All the single folks in here, you're probably not going to find him in dead places or find her in dead places. Usually, people that are alive are in live places. And so, as a resurrected creature, you're no accident going somewhere to happen. But your life isn't a loose web of events and circumstances. I came to tell you today that God has big plans for you. Oh, I wish five people believed that today. I said God has big plans for your life. And he died and came back from the grave to assure that you could carry those plans out. We're talking about really out of the grave, and we'll close this out today. Grave, by definition, is an excavation made in the earth in which to bury a dead body. There are two points we've been emphasizing. One is that you are dead to sin if you're born again, but it's not just being dead to sin. It's also being alive to God, which is point number two. Romans chapter 6, 3 through 4 uh, is our opening text or our foundation text, New King James Version. And it says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death symbolically? That's what you are. We're witnessing as all of these individuals were water baptized today. They were identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
When they went down into that water, they said, I'm identifying with his death, and I am dying to my old life, my old way of living. I am dying to sin. When he came up out of that grave, which is what today represents, they are declaring publicly that they are coming out of that grave with him, and they are rising to new life. Verse 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. And we learned that that word newness means renewal. So it's not just uh, being dead to sin. I mean, I have to renew myself to something else. So I'm dying to something, but I'm renewing myself to something else. And so I always have to replace a negative with a positive. How many of y'all agree with that? Right? I can't just say I'm going to stop doing this. And then I don't replace it with anything. I mean, usually it comes back. And not only does it come back, it comes back stronger because I didn't replace it with anything. So there has to be this renewal of that I am going to stop doing this and replace it with this. My three struggles, as I uh, shared throughout the message, was the club, it was girls, and it was drinking, right? And so I replaced the club with church. Because as I said, I mean, I didn't miss any weekends hanging out. So I don't miss weekends for church, right? I replace girls with holiness. Next time I slept with someone was my wife on our wedding day. I replace alcohol and drinking with being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I don't just get drunk on the weekends. I get drunk every day. Come on, somebody. Do I have any other drunks in here with me today that just stay full of the Holy Ghost, right? Full of the Spirit of God. Now, We talked about three things up to this point. Number one, Jesus' death was perfect. Number two, he made us perfectly holy. And then on last week, we talked about buried to be raised up. And let's close it out today with point number four. Point number four is out of the grave into newness of life. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10 from the Amplified Classic. And I'm praying that God would open up your spiritual ears, spiritual eyes, whether you're watching online, you're watching me in the overflow, or you're in this room. I'm praying today that God would open up your spiritual eyes, because if you see this, you will never, ever live lower than the level that he brought you up to live at. You'll never do it again. If you see it with your spiritual eyes. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. Verse 1, Amplified Classic says, And you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins. So, so when did he make you alive? When did he make you alive? At salvation. They said that with conviction too, didn't it? When you were dead. Yes, that's true, right? Dead in sin. But when at salvation, he made you alive, right? Let's keep reading and you'll understand it a little more. In which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world. Were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. Following the prince of the power of air, Satan and all of his demonic forces. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience or children of disobedience. Do you all remember when you just did wrong and didn't even know why you did wrong? Yeah, just ask yourself, why did I do that stupid? Because we were controlled by the prince of the power of the air. 
right? But how I many know even after we get saved, if we don't get converted or we don't learn new information or we don't renew ourselves to a different way of living, notice what the scripture highlights here. It says here, the same spirit that's operating, and it uses this language here, in the sons of disobedience. So how many of y'all know we can still be children and still be disobedient? How many know we can still be saved and be disobedient? I can remember I was a son to my mother, but I was a disobedient son. Anybody remember your childhood, right? So so let's look at some of the characteristics of disobedient children here that the Amplified Classic highlights. And we'll get to the good part. I just want to make sure that we don't miss this. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, and so... Here, the disobedient children, notice what it calls them here. Uh, here it says, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving. So how I many know oh, careless is when you just do stuff and you didn't think about it? Anybody ever been there before while being saved? I'm talking, I, I didn't think about that before I did it. I just did it. Anybody been there before? Come on, don't leave me out here by myself. I'm a, I'll come down on this floor. I said, anybody ever been there before? All right. And so the careless, but then the rebellious. When, as a child of God, I knew that was wrong, and I just did it anyway. Anybody ever been there before? How I many know oh, that's rebellion, right? But then watch this. Then the, this was the interesting part here, these characteristics. Then the third one here was um, unbelieving. And so how I many know oh, you can be in church and not believe everything that you hear? How I many know oh, some people are saved, but they don't believe in tithing? How many know they're unbelieving in that area? How many know people can be saved, but they don't believe in keeping yourself until marriage? How many they can be unbelieving in that area? Right? Even though they're saved, they're still unbelieving. Everybody clear? And so I just wanted to make sure that we highlighted that because God has an answer for all of that. Who go against the purposes of God. So every one of those characteristics, when a person is saved, they can still be careless, they can still be rebellious, and they can still be unbelieving. And all of those go against the purposes of God. Verse 3, among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature. Obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his, his indignation like the rest of mankind. And so I just want to be clear here. The category he's talking about is not the unsaved. How many know that children, you ever, were your children ever heirs to your indignation? Oh, Lord, let me try. I'm talking about where you wanted to just, boy, I brought you into this world, and I will take you out. Say something else. Run your mouth one more time. Come on, any real parents in here come from, from where I come from, right? And so, so we can have children, they're heirs of everything, I mean, they can also be heirs to our indignation when they're careless, disobedient, and rebellious. Everybody see that? Now, let's get to the good news because I see you all don't like that too much. All right, what verse did I leave off at? 
All right, verse 5. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship, in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved. Word saved there is sozo, which means delivered, preserved, set free, to be made whole. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Verse 6, I want you to see this. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. And what I want you to see visually here, where is Christ seated right now? We already talked about it. Where is he seated? Right hand of God the Father. So bring me a stool out. Okay. Or a chair. Either one. Doesn't matter. Yep. Okay. And so you're going to be God today, Alan. Okay. Everybody say hello, God. Hello, God. All right. So where is Jesus seated? At the right hand. What is this the position or seat of? Authority, right? And he said he's sitting here expecting until all of his enemies be made his footstool, right? And so to assure that you could actually operate, the father said to assure that my children can operate in the same authority that I gave Jesus, I got to bring them up as well. And so if you go back and you read that verse 6 again, it says he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him. Bring me four more out here. All right. And so I need four volunteers who, who just gave their life to the Lord. I just gave an altar call. And you said, not, not the ushers, though, not the ushers. I'll call on you. Raise your hand. I'll call on you with no skirts on. Can't have a skirt on because you're going to be sitting in a chair, right? So you should have on pants or slacks, right? Let me get four. Let me, come on, AJ. All right? And so I want you to stand right here. Okay? All right? Can I get three more? Come on, young man. Yep. Yep. Come on. You got a skirt on? Long dress. All right. Come on up. All right? Here we go. All right, right here. I want you to turn and face me. You all just gave your life to the Lord. And we're going to model this in front of the people. And so, so I just led you all in the sinner's prayer. You just gave your life to, to Christ, okay? Now, I want you all to say amen. amen. Now, let's give them a big round of applause. For, man, that, doesn't that feel good? Watch this. And then instantly, this is what the Father says. Come on up here. They don't have to go take classes. They don't have to grow. Come on, somebody. Not in this moment. Instantly, the moment they give their lives to Christ, he says, come on up here and see, sit with me. Amen. And how many of y'all know the view is different from up here? Media room, get Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 out of the Message Bible for me. And so all God can do is give you an opportunity to see things from his perspective. And so if you're ever going to think higher, you have to come up to where he's at because he's not going to come down where you're at. Oh, I need a little better amen in here right now. 
So, so look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, which is our foundation text for Linked Up Church. Colossians chapter 3, 1 and 2, out of the Message Bible, if they have that. Let's pop that up on the screen. Do you all have that back there? Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life in Christ, and notice you get this resurrection life at salvation. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life in Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground Absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be, continue, and be alert to what's going on around Christ. Watch this. That's where all the action is. And here's the key. See things from his perspective. And so if you never learn this and nobody never tells you this day one, then you think you've got to go through some kind of process to be able to see at this level. So God says, I'm going to take you out of the mud and bring you right up here and seat you right next to my son so I can begin teaching you how to live life at my level. Let's give our volunteers a big round of applause. Thank you all. Let's give God a big round of applause as well. Thank you, sir. All right? And so I don't know if you all understand, you have joint seating with him right now. Right? And that's all he can do is give you this opportunity to see things from his perspective. Well, then how do I see things from his perspective? I have to see it through his word. Right? And so think about it. If I never, ever get in his word, I never, ever change my behavior. So even though he brought me way up here, I still live way down here because I haven't changed the way I think about much of anything. I just go to church. Everybody clear? All right, let's keep reading here. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, and he did this so that he might clearly demonstrate that through the ages to come, the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace. Now, notice he said through the ages to come. That means every generation after you will be able to see through your life the unmerited riches in favor of his grace. He wants to set your life up on a pedestal so every generation that comes behind you can see how well he heals, how well he delivers, how well he prospers, how well he just gets you to wherever you desire to be in life. Every generation needs an example out in front of them and so I'm really convinced today that a lot of people don't want to live it because they don't see it and God said I'm bringing you up here so that you can show every generation behind you the richness of my grace has God been good to anybody in this building come on ask the question has God been good to anyone in this building He says that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. And when somebody gives you a gift, you should say thank you. Anybody in here thankful that they're saved and received that free gift of salvation? We all are, all of us that are saved. It says, not because of works in verse 9, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. 
So no one can pride himself in or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. And this is what I want to get to. Why? So, so, so notice this. When you become born again, you become his workmanship. So if you look this word workmanship up, you are a masterpiece. And if you think about how creative God is, no two people have the same fingerprints. And so there's no one else on this planet quite like you. So why spend your whole life trying to be something else when he made you a masterpiece? Oh, I wish somebody could see themselves the way he sees you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Start loving yourself the way he loves you. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. So the moment we become born again, that resurrection life comes to live on the inside of us, recreates us internally, and then gives us this new opportunity to live life on higher ground. Right? Born anew, why does he want you to do that? That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. And I love this, folks. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Hallelujah. Folks, God has a good life for you to live. And I'm talking about it's a life free of sickness, free of pain, free of worry, free of strife. Come on, somebody. Free of bondage, free of lack. Come on, free of not being able to pay your bills. Matter of fact, it's so free, God will use you to pay somebody else's bills. Glory to God. And it's such a good life, folks. But we never, ever get to live it at that level because we keep doing things from our perspective. And when I think of prearranged, that means that everything that I need in this life is already present. You, you, I hope you caught that. It's already in the earth. And it's been prearranged for me. See, so, so now all I've got to do is figure out what his word says, obey his word. Because a good man, a righteous man, his steps are ordered by the Lord. And what's going to end up happening is I'm going to walk into all of these things that have already been prearranged for me. All right? Good parents understand this. Both my kids knew this, right? If they did certain things, by the age of 16, there was cars prearranged for them. Right? They'd know if they graduate from high school and they earn scholarships to college, there are things prearranged for them. They'd know after they graduate from college, there are things prearranged for them. As long as they're doing what we ask them to do. They know that when they graduate from college and it's time for them to get their first place, that's been prearranged. So they get to start off life debt-free, owing no man nothing but to love them, and build a foundation from there. Now, if my wife and I, as natural parents, have enough sense to prearrange that for our children, oh, let me try this side of the room. I said, now, my wife and I, as natural carnal parents, have enough sense to prearrange all of that for our children, and we're limited. 
What do you think your unlimited father has prearranged for you? I, I told you he was going to have to open up your spiritual eyes today for you to be able to see this. All right. I've got to close. We've got another service coming behind. I, I actually literally feel like I'm rushing. Colossians 3, 1 and 2, the Amplified Classic says this. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at seek the rich eternal treasures that are above. See, where are the rich eternal treasures? Above. Is he talking about when we get to heaven? No. See, positionally, when you get saved, he already bought you to that position. So he's trying to show you how to enjoy heaven right here on earth. Anybody want heaven right here on earth? All right, let's keep reading here. That are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now remember, he also gave you joint seating in that same place. Right? And set your minds, here's the whole issue. And set your mind and keep them set on things, on what is on above, the higher things. Not the things that are on the earth. Okay? Four things I want to close with today. Four things for you to do. I want you to believe in the finished works of Christ. Stop waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Everything that you need, he has already provided. Do you all believe that today? Somebody say, I am healed. Somebody say, I am prosperous. Say, I'll live eternally with God forever. Do you all believe that today? Okay. Set your mind on that, okay? See things from his perspective. Number two, believe that Christ's work in you is perfect, right? He cannot make you more perfect than what he's already made you on the inside. Now your job is to spend the rest of your life seeking to transform into that image. If you do that, then you're going to live the prearranged good life that he already provided for you. Don't study to learn, study to live. Now, how many know you'll learn more by living than you ever will by just studying? Number three, replace sin with obedience to God, right? If I'm going to die to something, then I have to obey God in something else, right? So I've got to replace that with obedience. Follow your spirit and not your flesh. And then number four, make it a daily goal to die to sin and to live life the way God intended it to, to be lived. Let's all stand to our feet. And I just want you to begin to pray with me right now. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And see, I know this next group is going to be larger than this group. And so we've got to turn that parking lot over as quick as we possibly can. I just want you to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit with me. Pray in other tongues if you're able to or just pray in your natural language. Yeah, and Let's play something soft real behind me there. Yeah. 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 I just hear these words in my spirit. I hear God saying that I am the higher ground. For my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
And the more time that you spend in my word, it gives you access to think the way that I think. And the more that you obey my word, it gives you access to live in my ways. For you see, my ways are easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I hear the Father saying, come on unto me right now. Come up to where I'm at and I'll give you rest. Yeah, that rest will allow you to cease from your own labors, from your own effort and from your own work. When you allow yourself to enter into my rest, then you're going to walk in my absolute and my very best, say of God. Hallelujah. 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 That's what I hear God saying right now. He is the higher ground. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.